it is 520 and this is the KDLL Evening News for Thursday, February 22nd on 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna. Listener-supported public radio for the Central Kenai Peninsula. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, a Kenai Chamber Luncheon tells the story of Kenai's iconic Russian Orthodox Church. But first, the state of Alaska owes the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District and two other Alaska districts millions, according to a December letter from the U.S. Department of Education. The letter is addressed to Alaska Commissioner of Education Dina Bishop and says during the 2021-2022 school year, the state disproportionately reduced funding for some school districts when it received COVID relief funds. Federal education officials write that the state inappropriately reduced funding to the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District by more than $5 million. States were not allowed to reduce funds below a certain level in districts with high poverty rates. According to the letter, The state can now provide supplemental payments to the district to remedy that shortfall. District Superintendent Clayton Holland says he got a hold of that letter via a legislator who forwarded it to the district's finance director, Liz Hayes. But he hasn't heard anything about the letter or money directly from the state. So we have been trying to figure out what this means for us as a district. Um, The amount on there shows over $5 million. That would be a a huge thing for our district to receive as we're in these challenging financial times. The school district is facing a $13 million deficit for the upcoming fiscal year and has been in talks for months about how to make up that gap. Board members, administrators, and students have been major advocates for an increase to per-student funding from the state in legislative discussions. Holland and Hayes were both in Juneau two weeks ago and tried to get information about the letter but were unsuccessful. Ultimately, Holland says he reached out directly to Commissioner Bishop by email, but he hasn't heard anything back yet. It comes through. We have no idea. We don't know if we're going to get this money, if we get part of this money, where that money went, where it got allocated to, um, because we've not heard a word from Deed. So the state has not spoken to us about this yet. Holland says he had no sense that any funds were under-allocated back in 2022, and he doesn't know why KPBSD's amount is so much higher than the other districts. Juneau is owed $2.5 million, according to the letter, and the North Slope District is allotted almost 200000 But that money could go a long way in KPBSD, where officials will soon have to think about cutting teachers and services and are diligently watching legislative discussions. Here's Hayes. If we were to get the $5 million, which I'm not sure that we are going to get that, um, we would probably the board would give me direction, I would assume, to put it towards next year's deficit. In the letter, federal officials write that the state has 30 days to submit a plan describing whether, when, and how they would make supplemental payments to the districts. That deadline passed in January. A U.S. Department of Education spokesperson said Thursday that they've not received a formal response from the state. Commissioner Bishop did not respond to an interview request. Three buildings in Old Town Kenai make up a key piece of the city's Russian Orthodox history and are some of the oldest structures of their kind in the state. 
The site gives a glimpse into what Kenai was like in the years following European colonization. KDLL's Hunter Morrison attended a Kenai Chamber of Commerce presentation about the landmark and has this story. Russian fur traders first found their way to Kenai in the 1780s, establishing the first European settlement on the Alaska mainland. Although these fur traders didn't actually hunt sea otters or fur seals, they traded Russian blue beads for furs with the native Dena'ina people. The Russians would then sell these furs to the Chinese, making a fortune. As time went on, the native people noticed the Russians had other items to trade, and expressed interest in expanding trade options. The Russian foreman of the new settlement was reluctant to do so. In retaliation, the Dena'ina men said, fine, we're not going to go out and get any more sea otter pelts. This is Dorothy Gray, treasurer of Russian Orthodox Sacred Sites in Alaska, a nonprofit devoted to the preservation of Alaska's Russian Orthodox churches. She presented about the church's history at the chamber Wednesday. Eventually, this kept escalating to the point where the foreman of the company here in Kenai resorted to kidnapping women and children and holding them hostage until eventually this blew up into a really big altercation, which is sometimes referred to as Battle of Kenai. According to Gray, the governor of Russian America expressed concern to Russian Empress Catherine the Great over the fur traders' actions. They agreed to send missionaries to Alaska as they felt the presence of an Orthodox priest would keep the fur traders' behavior in check. Departing from St. Petersburg, Russia, via boat, it took 293 days for the missionaries to arrive in Kodiak, the longest recorded journey of any Orthodox church. In 1844, Father Egumen Nikolai arrived in Kenai and oversaw the construction of the city's first and temporary Russian Orthodox Church. The construction of the church's rectory, or clergy house, was completed in 1887, making it the oldest standing structure on the peninsula. Since then, all the church's priests have resided in the building. After receiving $400 from Russia for construction costs, the Holy Assumption Orthodox Church was completed in 1896 and remains the oldest standing Russian Orthodox Church in Alaska. The construction of the church was a family community affair. Every family that belonged to the church at that time had to contribute five hand-hewn logs for its construction. The church's architectural design is meant to resemble a boat, which Grace says is symbolic of navigating turbulent waters toward heaven. She also says the candlelight-shaped domes atop the structure symbolize the light of Christ. The church is also home to several hand-painted icons, one of which is thought to be one of the oldest non-native pieces of art in the state. It's also the site of a large candlelit chandelier. The chandelier was is solid brass and has been estimated to weigh 2,000 pounds. It's lit by candlelight. It's lit during Christmas, Easter, often during funerals, and always during weddings because the money to purchase that chandelier was donated by newlywed couples. The site also consists of the St. Nicholas Chapel, which overlooks the Kenai Bluff. The chapel was built in 1906 and sits over the graves of Igumen Nikolai, his assistant, and an unrecorded monk. Gray, who is a member of the Holy Assumption Orthodox Church, says as many as 400 people stop by to photograph or tour the church on a given summer day. Because of its historic value, she says it's a special place for her to worship. They are 
curious and eager to learn about what this was like 100 years ago or 150 years ago. And they want to see places, log cabins that were built, you know, old artifacts, and, and get a sense of what Alaska was like in the early years. The site was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1970. Gray says it received this recognition because of its historic beauty and community advancement efforts carried out by some of the church's first priests. In Kenai, I'm Hunter Morrison. And that's all for tonight's KDLL Evening News. We had help from Katie Anastas in Juneau and KDLL's own Hunter Morrison. You can find us online at kdll.org. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.